This is a CJSR podcast. Volunteer powered. Listener supported. Campus and community. Radio. Podcast. Podcast. Radio. Radio and and podcast. (laughs) Because it is important. Um, A lot of the first generation and second generation of any culture, they, they will lose those first language if they don't have any formal learning in it. Hey, Sophia, what's the cheesemies? This is What's the Cheesemies, a show about Philippinex identity in Edmonton. All right, I'm up. I'm Sophia Young, and the cheesemies I want to tell today is about learning the Filipino language in Alberta, specifically in Edmonton. Before we dive into today's conversation, I would like to address some facts and general background information on this topic. Sorry, Christmas. On February 7, 2019, the leader of the Alberta New Democratic Party, our former Premier Rachel Notley, announced that the province of Alberta will expand learning opportunities for students by developing a Filipino language and culture curriculum. The K-12 Filipino language and culture program is slated to be ready for interested schools by 2020. The program will provide opportunities to families who want their children to learn the Filipino language and culture in school. That was fascinating news. People were excited, cheered up, because an estimated 170,000 people of Filipino descent in Alberta are expected to benefit from the new curriculum by connecting children and youth with their heritage and culture. That was such a beautiful promise that happened right before the 2019 Alberta general election, which made Rachel Notley our former premier. There were rumors going on in the Filipino community that the election result is going to affect the in-processing K-12 Filipino language curriculum. Especially when the current provincial government follows through with one of their election promises to pause the provincial K-12 school curriculum rewrite last July. Well, it's true that apparently we have a lot of things to concern right now. Cause 2020 is just crazy. Yet still, people are looking forward to having this provincial Filipino language curriculum. Which for many families, this is something they should already have. I had several questions when considering the topic of language learning in Alberta, or specifically in Edmonton, Alberta. I was looking for information on where do people learn the Filipino language before the province developing the K-12 curriculum. I know many friends of mine who grew up in Edmonton are monolingual, so I also want to help them discover the process of learning another language in their community. And most importantly, what are some of the obstacles on our way to adopt this K-12 Filipino language curriculum? With these questions, I had a conversation with Grace Alicon Isla, the program manager of Filipino language and culture school in Edmonton. As an outsider, I personally learned a lot of new things about the language learning programs in Edmonton's Filipino community. But it also might be hard to tell if it's just because I'm always excited about other people's storytelling. You'll find out. 
All right. Uh, so Grace, can you tell us something about you, like a self introduction? A self introduction. Well, with regards to the Filipino language and culture, um, I am one of the volunteers um, within the Saranai Association. Um, they gave me a uh, a role as a program manager. Um, I have a bachelor's of education. I've been teaching in. Um, Alberta for 20 years. I did graduate at the University of Alberta. Yay! Yay! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so basically, my my job is really to coordinate the teachers um, and putting together the um, uh, basically putting a program with the Alberta education uh, with the Alberta curriculum. Um, and also uh, melding it with Filipino language that we get from the Philippines. Uh, there's one last thing I need to, to know is uh, you haven't tell us your full name. I need oh, it's, it's Grace <laughs> Alarcon Isla. Thank you, Grace. Uh, can you tell us more about the courses you, uh, they're offering at the community? So with the Filipino language and culture, um, it, in our classes, we um, have language classes um, for kindergarten to grade 12, as well as adults. Um, so, in the time, so we do it on Sundays, and on and we have language first for an hour and a half. So it it varies because um, from kindergarten to grade four, we make sure that the children have breaks in between that hour and a half. Um, and, and as well with the elementary students and the junior high, senior high students. So we have beginners and intermediate classes, uh, but most of our students are beginners and intermediate students um, from kindergarten to grade 12, like I said, and as well um, as, um, as well as the adult classes. Um, and then the cultural part comes after uh, that's between and we do various things with that we have the rondalia string orchestra which is a uh, 12 string um, guitar string instrument uh, indigenous to the philippines um, but dating back all the way to the spaniards era um, and then also the dances of course and the and the singing the choral uh, for all ages so we do it from from the young ones from preschoolers all the way to the seniors. Uh, can you ask more about uh, like the class size? Like how many people in one class usually? Um, on average, so the, the younger they are, the smaller we have cla the class size. So the younger they are. So we did have a preschool grade one class this year. And we basically have like six um, kids in that class with one helper um, and then also we have um, and then as it goes up so the elementary from grade two to six we would have an average of maybe eight to twelve students in each class um, and then the high school um, we have for junior high and senior high we have it varies um, depending on the children, but on average, we would have about eight to 10 students in those classes as well. Um, and then of course the grade, and then the grade 11 and 12, sometimes they um, have a little bit more 
because they're, th these are credit courses. So a lot of them come for reviews um, for their credit courses. Uh, some students in grade 10, 11, and 12 in the senior high, they don't have Filipino language and culture in their schools. Um, so that they come to get credits for them because some of the programs in at university actually credits the filipino language and culture program uh yeah thanks um i'm kind of like interested in how like younger kids get into classes is it like that family encourage them to learn a language or they're like interested in the language um actually a lot of them the younger they are it's more family based uh, these are parents who understand that formal formal language learning um, is um, important in language acquisitions. Um, so they, they do bring their children to our classes um, so that um, uh, formal the formal learning occurs. Um, so the younger they are, uh, it's more family-based. The older they are, they're more... Um, adept to coming because they need it for credit yeah i think that makes sense <laughs> that's what i thought like before this interview can you tell me more about like the demographic group of the students like uh, like are they like mostly filipino canadians or some of their family members are filipino yeah most of them actually most of our demographics are from uh two-parent cultures um, in their culture. Uh, so a lot of the parents, um, especially the Filipino parent, is more uh, wanting to have their children keep that heritage. Um, and um, they do understand that keep it, when you are in a culture within the learning, it's easier rather than learning it on your own. Right? So you have to be immersed in the culture to be able to learn it. Um, and secondary, formal learning is important um, in language acquisition. So yes, they, we do have a lot of the demographics. Are, we do have a lot of mixed cultures in our, um, um, our classes. The adults um, ones are mostly Canadians um, because they, um, they want to learn the culture. Uh, so that they can relate to their spouse or their um, significant other. Um, and then also an, as an extension, because some of them are inter, uh, like they have extended marriages. So, you know, when ch the children of their um, spouse comes here, they want to relate to them. Um, it's very uh, important for them with that, with those cases. Um, and also... Um, also relating because we have a lot of um, uh, in the adult classes uh, people who have in-laws coming and they want to bridge that gap uh, to have cultural and um, and also language you know to be able to say simple words and and um, to understand actually the main goal of that adult class is yes to do conversational um, in Filipino language, but also the cultural aspect of it. Um, and it, it extends the, the, it extends the, the cultural understanding um, within that, that family unit. Thank you, Grace. Um, 
Another question I have is about the K-Bell Filipino curriculum in Alberta that is still underdeveloping. Uh, how much do you know about this uh, curriculum plan? Well, um, the Alberta Filipino curriculum was actually established in 1983 um, and started in Edmonton. And then it was collaborated uh, with a uh, teacher from Calgary, um, and her name was Aurora Dakanai. Um, Calgary never started their um, their curriculum. They start. They never started their their Filipino languages in their in their schools until just recently, two thousand six. Um, but in Edmonton, they actually have started it in the first class classes. I think was at I believe in Holy Trinity. Um, high school and that's how they it became and involved into accredited courses for grade 10 from grade 10 to 12 and then the the grade 4 to grade 9 curriculum then was developed under the general languages um, in Alberta with the Alberta curriculum um, and then and it is used now um, in several Catholic schools elementary Catholic schools. So what the NDP government had proposed um, during the election was uh, to have a K to 12 credited courses, but also be um, introduced in the schools, not just with um, the, the Edmonton Catholic, but also throughout um, the school systems. Um, so having the curriculum, so basically writing a curriculum specifically for the Filipino language and culture. Um, so what, but we don't know with the new, uh, UCP cuts, um, in education, if this is still going to be pursued, um, per se, we're, we're hoping it will be just because you know, we're in Alberta, we're the third largest, uh, Filipinos are the third largest in, in demographics. Uh, so we're going after, you know, of course, COVID. Um, we, we were in talks already with Alberta education uh, with regards to the importance of having more classes um, in the, the school boards. Um, the other issue that we are having actually, and we've spoken to principals, is it's not that they couldn't put it into their school as options, it's just that they do not have the population of Filipino teachers to teach it, right? So that's, that's another, um, and, and some of them are Filipinos, it's just that they are uh, second generation. Filipinos who don't speak the language. Some may, some are, you know, they may know how to read it and understand it, but not able to speak it um, or vice versa or, or in any way of communication, right? So that's another um, challenge that we have nowadays. So, and that's, and that's what we're, we're trying to do. We're saying we have Filipino teachers. We just need to make sure that they get certified in the Alberta um, Alberta uh, certification process. Mm -hmm. And how long do you think they would get certi certified? Like um... it shouldn't take them long. A lot of them have master's degrees and um, and uh, PhDs. 
in like Filipino languages. So it shouldn't take them long. It's just what it is, is of course coming from um, a third world country. Um, and that is a lot of cases where you come into Canada and they don't um, acknowledge those certifications. Um, we do understand that they, they still do need to take some courses, upgrading courses to know the Canadian system and Alberta education system. But those courses shouldn't take them a full year even. Like I, I believe um, to get certified, um, either Alberta education will look at their certification and say, yeah, you, we can certify you interim. They have an interim certification and take some courses and reintegrate into the teaching world. Um, so th the process is actually not that hard to attain. <laughs> um, of course, to take those courses, you need to make sure you're, you, you're taking full time. Um, and some of them do take courses, you know, one course at a time, audit courses and, um, and credit courses through different universities that have those portals. Um, and they do get those additional courses in and then they hand, hand their, those um, requirements, I guess. Um, another thing that Saranai actually does um, is we, we have IELTS courses. The, um, and so one of the requirements is to have a proficiency in the English language. So that's another thing that we do um, while we advocate for them getting their certifications in not just in teaching, but in various professions as well. Mm -hmm. What our goal is with the Filipino language and culture is that we want the curriculum established in Alberta uh, because it is important. Um, a lot of the first generation and second generation um, of any culture, they, they will lose those first language um, if they don't have any formal learning in it. Uh, so we're just wanting to advocate that um, even I think at the university level, they are finding that a lot of them um, have identity issues <laughs> with regards to their cultural identity because some of them, you know, I, I may look like I'm Filipino, but I can't speak it. Um, I'm asked, you know, and, and I have um, university students have said that, you know, people start speaking to me in, in Filipino and I'm like, I, I don't understand what you're saying. So I think that's what it is. We have to start in the school system where those languages are offered, at least if it's, if it's offered, even if it's an option, then parents are more adept to saying, oh, you know, the language is offered. It must be important. <laughs> so it, it is, it, and, and, and unfortunately, in our school, we can't take all of them. Like we, we've had registrations that we've said, you know, we'll see if we have a teacher or, and we do, we usually get teachers. Uh, and then of course, classrooms are another thing, physical classrooms. But yeah, like, I mean, I think it, the importance of this is language is learned. Um, language is acquired in a formal setting. Um, language can also be acquired at home 
but even with um i think there was an article on uh, languagekids.com um, there was an article on december 31st 2017 and they had said that parents can help their children maintain their first language and culture at home while at the same time incorporate the elements of the new language which is usually english and the culture into their life however parents should also seek community resources and expose their child to the first language outside of home in social settings as often as possible. There are some notes that might help you understand the whole conversation. Just I'm aware that some of the terms we use might not be that common for those who don't study other languages. First of all, IELTS, that's I-E-L-T-S, is the International English Language Testing System, which is one of the world's most popular English language proficiency tests for higher education and global migration. And the course credits that Grace mentioned is that Filipino Language and Culture School offers grade 10 to 12 Filipino language courses, and the completion of three high school courses has a total of 15 credits. Students can use that for high school graduation and or transfer in post-secondary institution credits. By June 2020, Alberta's K-12 curriculum still hasn't included Tagalog into the provincial international language programs. There are so far nine languages under this category in Alberta's K-12 education system. They are Arabic, Chinese, German, Italian, Japanese, Latin, Punjabi, Spanish, and Ukrainian. We still don't have a date or an update on Alberta's K-12 Filipino language curriculum. As it says on the government website, the current curriculum remains in effect until further provincial curriculum is approved by the Minister of Education. Timelines for implementation of future provincial curriculum have yet to be set. Um, do I know Tagalog? Oh, uh, first, my name is Sherry Island. Um, do I know Tagalog? I know a couple of words that I've learned um, just growing up with my dad and my grandma. Um, would I want to learn? Yes, I think the kindergarten through 12 option to learn Tagalog, especially because there's such a big um, Filipino community in Alberta, um, it would just be amazing to learn. And if my niece and nephew can start learning Tagalog, they can teach me. And yeah. Um, and where did I learn it? Uh, yeah, so I only know a few words that my grandma and my dad have said throughout the years. And, and then we also, my sister and I, every once in a while, we'll ask my dad how to say something, just like um, common phrases that we would say. So um, I think one of the things we learned was like, ka-ana, 
I think means come to the table and eat or come and eat or it's time to eat. Um, but yeah, thanks. What's the Christmas is a production of CJSR 88.5 FM in Edmonton on Treaty States territory. Today's episode was produced by me, Sophia Young, with help from Jenna Rose. Thanks to Sherry Island and Grace Ellerton Isla for speaking with us. You can find all our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podcast, and on our website, whatsthechismas.transistor.fm. You can find us on Facebook as What's the Chismas CJSR and on Instagram at What's the Chismas. That's T S I S M I S. You can also email us at What's the Chismas at CJSR.com. Thank you so much for listening. Salamat!